Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. Usually one of the good things when you're bowing in respect, you never take your eyes off of the opponent though. It, it's been too long. Yeah, I, and, and you cheated, you didn't even wear your gi today. Well, the gi is on the premises, but I took one look at yours and went, okay, mine doesn't have any of the little fancy things and there is no black on my gi. My, my little blue belt, just shriveled in and lost all confidence. How many years did you have? We're talking maybe two. And okay. then I broke my back. And that kind of ended, you know. Okay. My I've skiing a, career ended there too. Yeah, I've had a little more, about maybe 20 years or so. Uh, and that, it uh, shows. <laughs> but you know, let, let's do just a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll kind of. Seeing I, what I remember. I want to at least almost hit you today anyway. You know, after, after the week, it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So if I attacked you in a parking lot, which is highly unlikely, okay. if I came at you. Okay, so you're in here. You're, you're looking at what's set up now. Okay, that's set up. So we come in here. Boom, 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 boom. There's lots of things. And at that point, me. long before that, I would say, I'm sorry, I surrender. Yeah, I used to do, well, I, we taught uh, Chuck Norris, United Fighting Arts Federation, for, for some time, had our yeah, own studio. Yeah, you're way above my class. But then we uh, we went into Kung Fu Sin Tzu. And Sin Tzu, totally different. Threw me a left. And, uh, my left your hand. Your other left, yeah. That's my a, left hand is purely decorative, but here okay. goes. So you come in here, boom, boom, boom. You, you, you look at stuff that that uh, is kind of set up and open. Mm. But, you know, the interesting thing is, right, martial arts is cool for defense and things, but a lot of things begin going on in your mind in martial arts too. I know I was a Christian during that time, but... And you were obviously very into it. I was doing it with my kids and thinking, well, this is more fun than just working out at the gym, you know, and I was with them, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I, I went all the way up to a blue belt, um, but I was very proud of that because I'm not much of an athlete. And I, it, I loved the respect that they emphasize. I loved the discipline that they emphasize. I mean, I can't tell you how many times our senseis were telling this group of mostly boys, you know, you don't ever start anything. This is so that you could defend yourself yeah. if someone, or defend someone weaker than you are. One and I things, liked those aspects. One of the things I noticed, grab me by the lapels here, you know, you, for a woman, you've got a guy, well, you're really doing that with ferocity, aren't you? <laughs> You, you've got a guy that grabs a woman, you know. Well, there are some things you can do, and it's really good to actually train those things nowadays the way things are. But, you know, there's some simple things. You know, you come in, it sets up the throat, you know, into that area. Lots of different things. Those are good things, but 
I think what we're talking about today is kind of going past on, there's kind of other levels of this. You know? Well, you know, anything can become an obsession, even if it started out a good thing. We're yeah. talking about what we should be filling our minds with. And frankly, I had two issues. Uh, and I suppose breaking my back, which, by the way, was not in martial arts class. It was completely unrelated. But I think in some ways, perhaps it was a blessing that I did quit. Uh, that when I quit, actually it wasn't long before the kids quit as well. Two things that kind of bothered me, just niggled at the back of my brain. One, most of these martial arts were developed with a certain philosophy. And there's so much Eastern mysticism, which as a Christian, I stay away from. And so much of that, I began to wonder, can you truly separate all of the philosophy from the technique? You know, I noticed that, uh, especially in some, some, what I was in, is they talk about the key force. You know, it's that, it's yes. that energy that proceeds, uh-huh. that comes before your actual hand or something, before an actual strike, you know. And having, having worked in a lot of the world, it's real. There, there's things that are real and you say, well, how can that be? You know, how can that be? Well, because you look at right in the very beginning, you look at the Bible, the, the actual instruction book on why we're here, is uh, Adam and Eve ceded all their power to Satan, who was the light bearer. He stood next to God, had tremendous power. He came down here. He still has that power. We're basically under his rulership, as it were, unless we choose to step out from under it. And so within martial arts, within everything virtually in this world, he's, he's there and he has real power. I was, I was in some place in South America and one fellow told me as he, he was a devil worshiper. He followed the devil and he decided he wanted to follow God. And at one point, he said, other fellows were walking along with him in this dark alley. And all of a sudden, he was lifted up, pinned against a wall about five feet off the ground. He's, this guy's over six foot, 200 pounds, just pinned against the wall, and he couldn't move. And the story goes on, and we don't have time for that story, but this stuff is real. I mean, people, people in our audience may go, whoa. <laughs> but it's real stuff. It's- no, and I think a lot of times Christians are playing around with with different concepts of, of energy. You yeah. know, and who doesn't want more energy, yeah. particularly at our age? Who wouldn't like to tap into something? Speaking of energy, let's go ahead and sit down. That's going to give you more yeah. energy. Yeah, have a seat. You know, getting down here on this mat, the mat reminds me of another practice that is very popular, and that's yoga. And I have purposely not gotten involved, even though I have friends who are fanatical. In all those forms of meditation and thing, you you empty your mind of everything. Right, and I think there's a danger there. I think that's why you have to look at the philosophy behind whatever practice it is you're getting involved in. Emptying your mind, meditating, it's so popular. They're incorporating meditation classes into schools, um, middle schools, because they say it helps kids focus, it helps calm them. But what are we teaching them when we're teaching them to empty their mind? You've got to ask, if, a, if you've got an empty vessel, in, in the universe, something's going to come in it. <laughs> the universe doesn't like vacuums, does it? Yeah. Jesus told a parable about exactly that. And I think it's one that Christians really need to pay attention to. 
it was a man had a house and it's filled with devils. I think it said seven devils. And he decides, I want to be rid of those. This is a good thing, getting rid of the evil. So he absolutely cleans the house, top to bottom, sweeps it, not a speck of dust. There is nothing in that house. So far, so good. But he didn't take it far enough because he didn't decide what he was going to fill it with to replace the evil, to replace the bad practices. He left it empty and it got refilled worse than before. Yeah. And I think there's a danger if you are simply meditating. Uh, some of those practices can be good. The Bible tells us to meditate, but what does it tell us to meditate on? It's not just emptying. It's filling your mind with the Word of God. Yep. Contemplating God. We've got to take the Spirit of God, invite the Spirit of God into our life. That's the true meditation. That's the true emptying of ourselves. And then God will come in and fill us up and give us the most joyous life. It's exciting that we serve a God who sees the end of human history from the very beginning. This is a God who can be trusted with my life. But how do you know that he can be trusted with your life? Well, because he has demonstrated to us in the Bible that he can see the future. I believe you will find this pamphlet eye-opening. Go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and order offer 109, Intelligent Faith. Get your free copy today. So we're standing in front of a crystal shop, and you said it's not the only one in town, that oh, this town has many, how many? Many, I don't know how many, but you a lot of them. You count it, really? Like one on every corner? <laughs> not quite that many, but you know, it's probably as many as uh, pot shops. <laughs> now, I love looking at crystals. They're awfully pretty. And I actually like, I'm not a rock hound. I, I can barely tell one kind of rock from another. But crystals are just so pretty to look at. But that's not the real draw. That is not why this town has so many crystal shops. It's it, not just people going, ooh, pretty. It's true. I mean, I've got to say, though, I, I love crystals, too. I mean, I, I love, I always wanted to go to Mexico where they found this monster cabin with crystals that are hundreds of feet long. I mean, are you kidding? Oh, no, just spectacular stuff. Unfortunately, it got so hot in the place, it was... I don't know exactly the dynamics of it, but they had to have suits and everything to protect themselves, and the government finally closed it all down. So See, you can't get there anymore? Only, only by special permit now, but oh, marvelous stuff. And I, I like watching on YouTube where they find the crystals and they dig for the crystals, you know, in Colorado and different places. And have you ever opened cool. a, a geode? Well, I've had geodes. I collected as a kid, so uh, I enjoyed that too, but you're right. There's a different reason for these uh, crystals in the collection of them. Um, not long ago, one of a magazine I was looking through had an article on gifts to get your mom for Mother's Day, you know, suggestions. And one of them was a really, really pretty water bottle. And have you ever seen those wine bottles? They have a, a big bubble in the bottom. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. this water bottle uh, was glass and it had a bubble in the bottom and that bubble was filled with lovely lavender crystals uh, and of course I'm not enough of a rock hound to remember what kind they were amethyst 
Those are purple. Are purple? Yeah. Aren't they? Could have been. And so I looked at it and thought, ooh, that's really pretty. But then I was reading about it, and it said that this water bottle would infuse the water with the energy of crystals. In fact, it said it promises to infuse the water with the energy of crystals. And I don't, you know, trust promises. I mean, ads, they're always trying to say, it'll, I guarantee it'll do this. And my husband is of a scientific bent, uh, being a surgeon. And so I said, hey, Steve, come and look at this. And I said, so if you're promising the crystal energy, you must have a way to prove it's really there. You know, do you measure the energy of the water before you put it in and then after it's been in contact with the crystals for a while? Oh, now it registers higher on the energy meter. And I know I sound like I'm mocking it, but it's because of going, how do you promise that it's infused with crystal energy? Uh, I suppose that takes a different kind of faith right there in the crystals themselves. But I've read so much. Recently, I had, uh, there was an interview with a woman who is, she uses crystals for healing. And she had this article on eight different crystals and what they can do for you. And each one had a different property to it, whether it was for mental healing or physical healing or energy or focus or one that, that helps with meditation. And again, they're all pretty. I have an acquaintance who has crystals hanging all over her house and they they really are decorative. They're they're quite lovely to look at, but that's not why she has them in her house. Janice, I would submit to you that all this stuff is true to a certain extent. Because if you read the Bible, the Bible says there was someone that was so close to God. He was he was the light bearer right next to God. And he decided that he was better than God. He wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted to take his place. He wanted to ascend to the heavenly throne. And he has come down here and he wants to build his kingdom with all of these things. Now, if you, you remember in the, uh, uh, the government, the Treasury Department, okay. how do they study counterfeit uh, money? I actually know this one. Uh, I have, my sister lives in DC and I've toured and I remember them saying that like if you go to work for the FBI or the Treasury, they don't show you counterfeits and say, now look at this bill, this one you see up in the corner, here's how we know it's fake. You spend your whole time studying the real thing. Real thing. Because yeah. once you've spent enough time studying the real thing, you can look and spot a fake like that. So if you don't believe in the Bible, you get in the Bible, you begin studying about the real thing. The Bible says Jesus is the light, not the devil, not Satan. Jesus is the light. You begin studying his pattern, his life, and then you say, are the crystals the real thing? Is that where my energy comes from? Is that where, is that where is, my healing comes is from? Is that where my healing comes from? Is that where all this happens? And you've got to begin to look at it and say, no, it's really not. That's the fake. That's not the real. Are crystals what we should be meditating on? I think they become an idol because you're looking for something that you should be getting from the Lord. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. What's this other side? There's light and there's darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I have come that men might have that light and they might have it more abundantly. And David said, what was it that was a light unto his path. 
yeah. the Word of God. The Word of God. You know, this is where we should be turning uh, to meditate on this. This is where we turn for healing. This is where we turn our focus. Because yeah. other things can be pretty, but they're getting in the way. They're actually getting between us and God. They're not getting us closer to God. And they might appear to give healing. They might mm -hmm. appear at some point to lift us up, to, to do these things. Steve had a patient, uh, I can't remember how many years ago, but he had a patient who was looking for wisdom, for enlightenment, for, uh, and he found it in a way, he actually thought, well, if these crystals are giving me something, they're, they're enlightening me by looking at them and meditating on them, if I took them internally, that I'd, I'd really absorb the energy. Oh, no. <laughs> and he got, as my husband says, he got enlightened all right. He found out that was a stupid thing to do because he needed the help of a surgeon. He swallowed a crystal. He swallowed a crystal. And uh, he was looking for something that crystal could never give him. But yeah. we're all searching. It's that hole that can only be filled by God. And if you're filling it with substitutes, with things that, that the enemy has misdirected you and said, oh, yeah. you're looking for enlightenment, look here. Or, oh, you're looking for healing, look what I have over here. And they look good, it sounds good. It might even make you, at least temporarily, feel good. But it'll kill you in the end. Yeah, it's all here. And Jesus said, mm -hmm. I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? <laughs> I'll carry that for a while, I sounds need good. it. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life. In 12 weeks, I caught my breath my faith grew stronger, my confusion turned to clarity, my anxiety lessened, my depression eased. I let myself be held in the arms of Jesus and He calmed my aching heart. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as he did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. Jim, we've been talking about misdirection here, which is one of the enemy's favorite tactics. Kind of like in football, everybody's looking for the ball. They know they need to get the ball, but someone will go like this and pretend they're handing it off and their eyes go this direction. They think they're following the ball, but it's not really there. Um, everybody knows that they have a hole that they're trying to fill. People talk about, you know, wanting to be more spiritual, that they consider themselves a spiritual person, but their focus isn't on the real ball. And yeah. I have a relative who, who thinks, in fact, she's told me that she's never felt so centered. Uh, she is extremely new age, I guess you would call it. She has a women's drumming circle that she's part of. She has a home altar with incense and all of that. And she meditates. 
She does yoga, all these things that she is certain are keeping her focused spiritually. But that focus isn't pointed at the right God. You know, they feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. You can feel like, oh yes, I feel very well centered is the word she uses. And I think that's what people are seeking. But if you're seeking it in the wrong place, you're going to find the wrong thing. Yeah, you know, it's true. You brought a toy? Well, it really isn't a, a toy, but it is. Got it from Nepal. And in Nepal, oh. it's, it's a prayer wheel. Oh. Now, been in Nepal and they have the great big massive prayer wheels. You, you walk around, you spin this prayer wheel, each one successively in this monster circle. They're all like this only Well, big, huge. yeah, I mean, they're huge. Okay. And, um, well, let me show you here inside. Oh, I've got a little wind coming up here. There's a, uh, I can get it out if the lava come out, maybe not. Anyway, there it is. There's a, oh. a whole prayer written and you write your prayer down. Do you and know what it says? Have not a clue on this one. Okay. Didn't really care, just wanted to. Uh, so the point though is normally you would write your own prayer and write your own prayer. roll it up and stick it in there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you get it in there and then you, for whatever reason, the energy, you spin this around, and then this helps it ascend someplace. Not really sure where. How long do you spin? I don't know. I guess as long as it takes to get it out of here and out there. Um, it's also, you know, you've seen the Tibetan prayer flags. You know, those prayer flags are supposed to send up the prayers. And, and I'm not slighting anybody who's doing that, you know, but I think it's what you said, it's misdirection. They might honestly be seeking a connection with, with their God, uh, honestly having a need, wanting it to be fulfilled, and doing all that they know how to reach out and somehow find heaven. Because we were created, you said it earlier, we were created as spiritual beings. We were created for a friendship and a personal relationship with the God who created us. Which is why we all seem to have that draw, that we want something spiritual. Yeah. You know, we were talking about misdirection, the genuine, there's a verse here, 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. I love that confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. The according to His will is a little bit of the, uh, the, the kicker there. Because, of course, if I am praying for something that he knows isn't going to be good for me, then he's not going to do that for me, which is good. You know, so sometimes when prayers don't seem to be getting answered, instead of getting frustrated or angry, you might stop and think, well, maybe God knows that's not ultimately good for me after all. He does know a little more than I yeah. do. And Things like this, there are all kinds of ritualistic prayers. Throughout history, you'll find it. Um, things that people have done to get their prayer answered. And some people repeat rote prayers over and over. You know, say, say a prayer this many times. Imagine, I have a relationship with my husband. Imagine, though, if every morning I got up and I said, Good morning, Steve. I love you. Please be with me today. And, you know, it was the same thing every over, time. Over, yeah, over, I kept yeah. coming to him during the day saying basically the same prayer. 
I know I've had friends who grew up, it was the every night, literally saying the now I lay me down to sleep prayer uh, or some version of that. Or at when you sit down to a meal, it's the same thing, uh, mm. a little rhymy kind of prayer. Those, how does that feel genuine? How is that coming from a genuine place yeah. when you're just repeating certain words? Even Jesus, when the disciples came to him, because they saw that his prayers were so different yeah. than everybody's. Lord, teach us how to pray. Because they didn't know how to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and he laid out a prayer, but that prayer wasn't to, to just repeat that thing over and over to get right. some cosmic blessing. I love the Lord's Prayer. Who doesn't love the Lord's Prayer? But if that is your prayer, you're just reciting that it's still not coming from a genuine spot. God wants to hear what you really have to say, what you're really feeling. Yeah. And if, you, if you're not talking to him like a friend, maybe you don't have the relationship yet that you really, really want. But that's the relationship God wants. Right, I can sit and talk with Steve about anything. Yeah. And, and he won't tell me, I don't have time for you, or that's dumb. <laughs> he, he might think it inside, but he is wise enough not to ever say it. And God, he might be listening to the most childish thoughts coming out of us, but he wants to talk to us, to genuinely yeah. talk to us. I am so happy. There are times when I've asked things of God, I'm so happy he didn't answer. <laughs> but, you know, he, he understands, he sees the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what would be perfect for us. Mm -hmm. and Did you always say yes to your kids? No, because I, I knew what it would yeah. lead to. Yeah, good And good sometimes point. they're good mad point. at you when you don't. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's so amazing with God that he, he wants to do the very best thing for us. And he says, I'll even do it ahead of time. Before you call on me, he says, I will answer. That's a friendship. That's a relationship. And, you know, it's the same way. I trust my wife. You trust your husband. Mm -hmm. You know ahead of time what they're going to do in a certain situation. Right. There you are know? times where by the time he said, Janice, could you get me? I'm already up and I've, I've got it. You mean this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a favorite writer. What, what they said to me is just so special. It makes so much sense. Prayer is the key in the hand of faith to unlock heaven's storehouse where are treasured the boundless resources of omnipotence. Our God is omnipotent. And he's our father. And as a father who loves the children, he just wants to shower us with every good thing. So amazing to me. And folks, that's what God wants to do. He wants to shower you with every good thing. He wants to come in, be your very best friend, put his arms around you, hold you so tightly that you can feel his heartbeat. Give it a try today. Hey, Janice, how are you doing? Hey, you wrote another book. I did. Had a burden on my heart and God helped me get it done. So the plan of love, what's it about? Well, it's really about God in eternity. Saw everything that was going to happen here and his amazing love. He says, I'm going to take care of the problems. I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that, but we've been lied to so much. We don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. Matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their, their sins. sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from. Where can people get the book? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. And oh, please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you, too. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time. <laughs>